This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Handy Andy Barrar has survived his trip to CES in Las Vegas. He breaks down the coolest tech and gadgets he got to experience, including color-changing cars, Tesla subway network, underground, in a car, wireless TVs, and so much more. Hundreds still die every year from drunk driving. Did you know? Still a thing. Happens all the time. Not good. What can we do to prevent it? Mad Canada CEO Steve Sullivan helps us understand legislation that's coming, legislation that's happening elsewhere, hopefully preventing uh, drinking and driving. Do extreme laws, though, help or hurt it? Plus, are you okay with Zellers? Are you okay with disguises? And are you okay with snakes? All of these things and more on the Shift Daily Podcast. It's time for Handy Andy. Andy Andy Barrar, fresh from Vegas. The reason why we play disco music when he is on is because of Vegas. Mike Yanni and I have a um, we have an appointment to talk here in a couple of days. Just so you know, there, uh, <laughs> Uncle Andy, and um, and so we're going to find out some of the stories. You went to Vegas first time since the pandemic, and you have survived. And I survived, and I think I, I think my voice uh, is held up a little bit. You know, it's a little bit scratchy. But otherwise, yeah, I made it back. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Two years, I was a little rusty going to Vegas, but uh, came back in one piece and a lot of video content. I saw a lot of things. So uh, looking forward to chatting about that later today. Okay, cool. Now, let's set, I mean, the Consumer Electronics Show is what it used to be called, now just CES. Let's set the, the sort of the tone. You walk in, Andy, and what do you see? I imagine it's lots of like LED color lights everywhere, large crowds, large auditoriums. I imagine it's probably pretty loud, but it's like it can't be crazy loud because there's lots of recording going on. But still, what's the tone when you walk in? No, it's um, it's actually really loud. And so you really need to have decent recording gear. You can't just kind of record off your phone and expect to hear anybody. So, you know, people come prepared, like it's all geek. So these, these people have multiple devices on them. They have the latest camera gears. I, I, I just can see what kind of gear people are using on there because you got all the different big media outlets like CNN and all the big tech blogs in the world, like CNET, they're all there making the coverage. So I'm watching them. They're, they're watching what's going on and everybody's uh, having a good time on the show floor. 100,000 people, Shane, come to Vegas for a four to five day event. Just the logistics of getting that many people into a city. I, I really don't know any other city in the world that could handle that many people just for a short duration of time. But they have the Vegas Convention Center and that's where it's mostly held. There's a new entire hall that they created called the West Hall in Vegas. And when back in 2020, the last time I was there, they were talking about the Boring Company, which is Elon Musk's company, building tunnels underneath Vegas to shuttle people from one side of this convention center to the other side. And what they said is that 25-minute walk that it would take you could be done in one minute inside a Tesla underneath Vegas in one of these, uh, it's called the Vegas Loop. And sure enough, Shane, I got to try that out and make it a huge distance inside this Tesla. If people want to check it out, they can just go to Instagram, Handy Andy Media, or on Facebook, Handy Andy Media, all one word, and you'll see that drive. You can take that drive with me in the in the Vegas Loop in a Tesla. Okay, um, like it's it's Uber nerd. It must be difficult to not get caught up in the excitement. I mean, even though like you're an expert, you've done this. You know that ninety nine percent of that stuff is never going to make it to market. It might in some sort of revisited re-envisioned form in a few years but lots of it doesn't even make it to market so but it must be hard to not get caught up in it and like buy like i'm gonna buy everything <laughs> yeah like especially when the display technologies because they're starting to show that you could actually bendable oled style displays so it's kind of like the best way i can describe it is remember like fruit roll-ups where you could mm -hmm. kind of roll it up that's that's the kind of display technology that they're working on 
we haven't really seen it to market, but what they're envisioning is, you know, the smartphone, if you look at your typical smartphone, they all look the same, Shane. They're, they're just a screen. But what if you could actually roll it up like a, like a piece of paper and put it into your pocket and then kind of roll it back out, take a call on this super flat screen? I think that's where the industry is heading. They show that technology, but we never actually see it um, come to market. And they've had it for a couple of years now. So we just have to wait and see. Maybe it's it's just a, a matter of time before that technology finally hits the shelves on on stores. So we have a list of things specifically to talk about here, Andy. Um, you do gadgets, you do DIY, you do the geekery. Um, three things. We're, we'll talk about them uh, at length in a minute. But three things that really got you, one, two, three, at CES that really surprised you that you're excited about. Uh, TVs, where I'm always looking at where the future of televisions are going. They have these new things called ultra short throw projectors. So, you know, when it comes to a flat screen TV, people always want the biggest and the greatest. Now you just need a wall and you, you use one of these projectors. Instead of projecting it far away, like 20 feet away onto the wall, you put it just right beside the wall, like typically where the TV would sit. It just sits on a little table and then it projects outwards onto this wall. I, I saw so many of them, Shane, they were in 4K and also modular TVs. So you could buy oh. four TVs, connect them together. And there was a new company called Displace TV that showed this. You connect four together to make a master TV or you could have eight. He goes, it's modular. You can just keep adding them on to create mm. the biggest screen possible. And I think that's where we're going to see everything head. These completely wireless TVs battery powered you don't even need to plug it into the wall you just have to have some batteries that you can swap kind of like what you do with power tools when you when your power tool is out of battery you just take it out and put a new one in i think in the future we're going to be doing that with televisions and because they don't have cords it doesn't matter where you place it you're just going to need a wi-fi connection to consume content virtually anywhere inside the home wow do we really need batteries inside our TVs? I mean, we're supposed to be more responsible and not use more minerals, Andy. Should we be putting batteries in TVs, do you think? Uh, that's a good that's a good point, Shane. I think in in some cases you might need it, but the the fact I think corded we're going to see corded TVs for a while. But if you look at the industry, look at look at Dyson. They don't make any corded vacuums anymore. They went completely cordless. You're mm -hmm. seeing that with like companies like DeWalt and Milwaukee, they're not even making cordless tools anymore. I think that it's just a matter of time where we're going to see, you know, cordless, wireless televisions where we just swap batteries, just like we do kind of with our, our smartphones. Like, you know, they're, they're cordless. You can, they're have battery powered or tablets or like that. The televisions are just going to be bigger versions of that in our homes. I feel like it's a very Canadian thing, Andy. Like when the world juniors are on and you've got to be out somewhere and you bring your cordless TV and and you set it down, and then you watch the hockey game in a parking lot somewhere. I feel like that's a very Canadian thing. And as I say that, I feel like, don't we all have a cordless TV in our pocket already? <laughs> I just realized that. Like, we already have cordless TVs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but it, they're not 55-inch. They're not 60-inch. They're not modular. You can't just keep adding them on the wall. This company, Displays TV, Shane, the one thing they, they showed that kind of blew me away is they have a vacuum suction on the back of this TV. It only weighs 20 pounds, but you place it against the wall. It starts to use this vacuum to like suck itself into the wall with wow. software. And if people, you have to see this, go to Handy Andy Media on Instagram or Facebook, and you could actually see this guy on this glass wall. So you can go on the other side of the wall and he's sticking it to the wall. I, I still can't wrap my head around this. Like me being a DIY kind of guy who's installed so many TV mounts, I really just want to review this TV so I can mount it on the wall and see if this thing literally sticks to the wall. But that's the technology they were showing. And I think that's why this company, Displaced TV, which is only about a year or two old, really stole the show this year just with that one piece of technology. For guest, it's time for Handy Andy Barrar. He's a disco dancer, he's a DIYer, and he loves the gadgets and the geekery. Handy Andy joins us from Surrey, outside Vancouver, on the West Coast, and back from CES, back from Vegas. I do want to hear your opinion of the BMW color-changing car. I've seen the videos. 
Um, but sleep, count your steps, make the videos, sleep, count your steps, make the videos. Not necessarily in that order. You did leave out, go to the bar. Andy, how are you? I'm good, Shane. How are you doing? Oh, all good. I'm, I'm not hung over like you though. Oh man. You know, my, it's funny when you wear a smartwatch and you have all this data about like what your typical day is when you're at home and then you go traveling to a city like Vegas for a big tech show and then your smartwatch is getting some crazy data, like 25,000 steps and four hours of sleep times that about three. And, and, you know, I, I was surprised that it, the battery held in my watch the whole time I was there. I didn't even charge it, but yeah, I was breaking some records really? in steps and lack of sleep. It was just funny here in the three days that I was there, I got a total of 11 hours of sleep. The day that I came back, Shane, I went to bed. I slept for 10 and a half hours straight. So nature is healing, at least inside my body it is. <laughs> and there was a little drinking in between. There was, there was. You know, we would go out after and, you know, I mean, I'm just, it's all these freelance tech journalists, a lot from Toronto. We get together uh, at the end of the night and, you know, I, I just make series of bad decisions. You know, I'm like, okay, one more. Okay, one more. And next thing you know, we close the bar and we get back to the hotel. It's four o'clock. And um, I have to be up at like, say, eight to do some editing to get some videos up online before I go back onto the show floor. So I'm glad I, I didn't stay the entire trip. I left one day early just so I could get back home and recover in time to, to edit all the video that I filmed. So 34 different segments I filmed Without a cameraman, all I had was two smartphones. I got a PR person to hold one to record the video, and then I used another smartphone to record the audio. So this is like the most DIY video production setup of all time. And I encourage people to go on online and check them out. Handy Andy Media on Twitter, and also Handy Andy Media, all one word on Facebook. All the video, I spent all day today posting these videos on social after spending all of yesterday editing them. So I highly encourage you check them out if you want to see the latest and greatest technology that was showcased at CES in Las Vegas. Um, while you're in Vegas, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And uh, you did find some, uh, you did find some sexy things that uh, gave you credit, didn't you? Okay, so th this is this is probably the only tech I can talk go up, about. Go about this one gently, will you? I will. This is this is the old. I was thinking about how I'm going to talk about this on the radio, but only a nighttime show can we talk about this. So I'm at this event, and sure enough, there is this product, and it's called I kid you not, the Handy. That's what it's called. No so me thinking, okay, I'm Handy Andy. Oh, this will be great. I got to learn about this product. Now, here's the thing, and I, I encourage people to watch this video. You can find it on Instagram or Facebook, Handy Andy Media. I really, when I walk up to these booths, Shane, I don't really know what's going on. I just grab somebody. I go, can I interview you? And we start rolling. And so we start rolling, and I'm like, well, what's the Handy? And then he goes on to explain it. it it's basically like a, a, a sex toy, but it's for men. And it's called mm -hmm. the Handy. So it, it allows men to do something hands-free, essentially. I think I think everyone gets it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the thing is, it connects to, to a laptop and someone can remotely control this device. Oh my God. And, and really? The speed. Yes. You so, don't have to get into the details. I think we get it. I know, but <laughs> I, I couldn't stop giggling the whole time once uh, in I this bet. video. So if you, if you watch it, I've, I become a 15 year old boy again. And this guy's serious. He's serious. He's giving me a demonstration. He's straight faced. And I just found that so funny. Wow. But, it, Shane, it got me thinking. I was like, you know, if there was ever like a company that just by name alone, I should be like the spokesperson, it would have been this. But like how much money, like what, what's my, what does it take to buy me to, to do something like that with a company like that? I don't, I was just joking. What's your price friend. is what you're saying? You're basically saying what is how, how much does it cost me to step to that place yes. where you become the uh, endorser for uh, that particular device? Yeah. That's what yeah. you think. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm trying I'm to curious. figure out what's my price. I haven't, I, ha I was joking with my friends over there, but I'm like, if they approached me and said, Hey, Andy, Handy, Andy, we want you to represent Andy. Oh, oh I don't man. know, Shane. I, I think they say everybody's got a price. I, I don't know. I'm, what yeah, I, I, yeah, it's probably not very high. Let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> moving on. 
Uh, handy, handy media.com and Andy does post the appropriate videos at shiftheads.ca um, there too. Okay, let's get into tractors because you saw some cool tractor stuff for our rural listeners. Yeah, so a company like John Deere, you don't really think of them as a tech company, but they were doing the, the co-headlining of this event. And what they announced was something that just blew me away again. You can go handy, handy media on Instagram or Facebook to see it yourself. But it's a John Deere autonomous seed spreader. And it's got this huge long arm that almost looks like a crane that would typically go up uh, vertically, but it sits horizontally. And they have little seed spreaders underneath it and cameras with computer vision. And so as it's going across a farm, it can strategically place seeds uh, on, onto farmland and then later on fertilize just the seeds. The cameras can actually detect weeds inside on the farm and make sure that the fertilizer avoids it so that the weeds will die. And then it just drives across a farm, spreading seeds, spreading fertilizer, and it's completely autonomous. It's the most amazing tech that I've ever seen. And it's an example of what's called agritech, where they're trying to put technology into agriculture. So I really think the next generation of farmers are going to be really techy because these products are coming out that are going to enable them to, to just, you know, increase their efficiency on the farms and basically avoid growing weeds and only have that fertilizer and the seeds grow where the plants are. Um, Amazing technology. Again, see it on Instagram or Facebook, Handy Andy Media, all one word. You'll see the John Deere autonomous seed spreader. Um, Yeah, it's, I'm surprised that you were surprised by that. The technology that goes into what is farming now, it's all tech angel investment, accelerator investment, it's everything so much so that when they're seeding and combining and or whatever they're doing, erosion is their number one. This is their biggest asset, right, is the dirt. And so they monitor erosion. They monitor how much they move the dirt. They monitor all of those things, and they GPS track to make sure that every square inch of that field is filled and everything is done like to the maximum efficiency through these gigantic tractors. It is fascinating. Yeah, they even had an autonomous excavator. So this is just like great. Like, and you know, when I was a kid, I think a lot of people, when you grow up, you see these big trucks and stuff, you get fascinated by tractors and such. Um, but th- this is to another level. It was just so, and it's funny, if you people watch the video, I'm kind of just walking, looking at this thing in awe. And I see a guy from John Deere and I'm like, sir, what is this? And he did a really good job of explaining it. And I'm just like, I feel like a little boy again, just mesmerized by the size of the tires on this thing. Um, and with that arm and the fact that it can spread seeds uh, so fast, uh, again, another great thing to see at the Consumer Electronics Show. It's not just, you know, gaming and gadgets now. It's, we're talking high-tech seed spreaders from companies like John Deere. All right. And high-tech P-tests as well. Withings, I have a Withings scale. The app is quite terrible, but the scale is really good. Um, how are their P-tests, Andy? Did you pass? Yeah, well, we talk, we talk about smart homes. Well, the last thing to get smart is the bathroom. And with things, what they're going to do is take your dumb toilet and make it smart with what's called the Withings U-Scan. And this, is, this scans your urine. It's like, it's like a little puck that kind of sits inside your, in your toilet. Ooh, it has this cartridge, and it analyzes your urine. It looks at your pH level, looks at the hydration levels. It analyzes the metabolites inside your urine, sends that data to your phone so you can track this over the course of time. Apparently, it can even differentiate between family members. I haven't figured that part out. However, for the fellas, if you want to use it, you're going to have to sit down. That's the only way it works. You have to sit down on the toilet seat and then aim it correctly onto this little puck. They have another version where you can take the cartridge out and for women with to track their menstrual cycles, you could actually use this. However, Shane, this is where all these companies do they want to do a subscription model because after about oh, every hundred no. days, you got to switch the cartridge. So they're trying to get people hooked on this. They don't have uh, approval from Health Canada yet, but they said it is a medically grade device that people can use to track their urine. So if you do have health issues, um, there's a lot of information inside our urines. Of course, we know that. And now you're going to be able to track all that in your toilet and that data will go into your smartphone. And then from there, you could probably take it to your medical professionals. But the smart toilet is here. You don't have to retrofit an, uh, an old one. You could, act, or sorry, you don't have to buy a new one. You can retrofit your old one with these Withings U Scan. All right. 
How much info is too much info? Come on. Okay, uh, 877-399-9898. You think this is going to help, Andy? I, I, you know, I want to try it out. I, I, I'd be, I just don't know if it's something that you want to get a subscription to. Like Netflix, I understand you want to watch your TV shows, but do you really want a subscription so that you can track your urine o- o- over the course? I think if you had health issues, maybe, but I just don't know if people will, will do that all year round. It, it might be a little too much. Mm-hmm. All right, there we go. It's um, uh, handyandymedia.com. We still have more to come. We do have a text message that has arrived. It says, did Andy meet up with OJ? No joke. <laughs> it's actually a text message. No, no. Thankfully, I did not see OJ this year. I, I got into a lot of trouble when I bumped into him uh, back in 2020. So uh, I, I avoid OJ Simpson like the plague. He, he's going to want to be my friend, but I'm going to turn yeah. around and run away. It's a long story, and that's where the story is going to end, just so you know. Um, and who else did you see, Andy? Who are you? I saw uh, Paula Abdul. I saw Paula did she ask Abdul for your there. number? No, they asked if I wanted her picture, but I'm, I'm more of a Janet Jackson type of fan, so uh, I, I declined that offer. Andy, Andy Barrar staying with us on the shift for a little extra time as we continue the conversation about the electronic show down in Vegas. I love BMW, favorite car brand. Favorite day-to-day car brand, not my like luxury dream car brand. Feel like I go to Aston Martin. That's my dream. 2008 Vantage V8 manual. Anyway, uh, I drive a BMW. Now BMW, the videos have been online. Did you see the color change in car, Andy? How did it look? You know, it was really hard to find that that car, but it was one of those other products that really stole the show that everyone was talking about. So BMW has this car that. It's kind of coated with this e-ink and, and they're able to change the color of the car, but not just like, oh, I'm going to go between red or now I feel like a black vehicle. It, you could change like a different like stripes on the car. So you can have the entire rainbow color on this car. They, they showcased this last year, Shane, but they were doing it in different types of gray and, and black, so different shades. But this was the full type of color. I cannot figure out for the life of me how they're doing this with this new e-ink display, but it is absolutely amazing. And I just, it's, it's again, it's one of those products that you wonder, will this ever come to market? Because that would be great. Imagine, imagine you could just change the color of your car to fit your mood at any time. And you didn't really have to make that, that big decision at the point of purchase. I think that could be a game changer if it actually ever did come to market. Yeah, there would be some problems with the blinking of the lights, I'm sure, with police and all that stuff. Um, it is fascinating to think, though, that you can literally just change the car like you're driving along and then it's black and then all of a sudden blink, 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 it's white. I was told the original color changing stuff was basically the same as like a Kindle, same kind of technology, but that was black and white only. Now they've figured it out and they have all of the colors. And just imagine this when you imagine what this car looks like. Imagine putting pinstriping on your car, putting yeah. logos on your car. Like you, you would take away, it would take away all of the logo printers that cut logos for your car because you would just, you want to have your logo on the car. When you pull up to a, a shop, you put your logo on the car and the rims also change color too. It's fascinating. Yeah. But imagine you get a little fender bender, the cost it's going to take to repair when you have that mm-hmm. type of, uh, e-ink display on onside your car lg coincidentally they they released these appliances and, and again i have another video of showing this where the the fridge the different panels you can change the colors so you no longer have to pick between a white fridge or a stainless steel fridge you can just with an app change the color of the panels it almost looks like a game show like all these rgb different types of colors uh, but if it's the holidays, you can go kind of red or green, St. Patrick's Day, change it to green, or just for birthday parties, what have you. It, it just it makes your like kitchen look like artwork. So I highly recommend people check that out. These these color changing displays, whether it's on a car or even on a fridge panel, it's amazing, man. The, the, the colors that you can do inside of a home, it really can affect your mood. I this is why Shane, you're looking at me right now. I got all these RGB LED lights behind me and changing colors. Uh, it, it really can set the, the the mood inside home. So that that is something that I think we will see in, in modern homes in the near future. Does it do Harvest Gold, though, like the old school Harvest Gold yellow appliances? Because that's really what we want. We want to go back. Yeah, to you'll go back to the old school. Yeah, um, that maybe you grew up with. Uh, but you can, just like with these RGB, you, you kind of slide your finger and to get any type of color that you want. 
I think in the future going to be able to do that. And it really looks cool when you change the pattern and get into color combinations. So one panel might be red, one might be green or, or what have you. They, it just looks really good. They, they did a really good job with that display. Everybody was checking it out. And by the way, it was a nice fridge inside as well. So mm -hmm. uh, you get the best of both and worlds there. it got cold. Okay, uh, so you're talking about lights. Let's talk about the Christmas tree because Twinkly has the most amazing of the lights, without a doubt. Love the Christmas tree. Pre-lit Christmas tree that is, uh, it, it does pictures, basically. Yeah, so Twinkly is this company out of Italy. I've reviewed their, their smart lights. I actually use them in my studio. You're looking at them right now, Shane, over Zoom. What makes them different from all the other smart light brands, including Philips Hue, is the fact that these, these ones, you can program effects. So you can have like waving effects. And, and what they've done with, the, they have these like these display, these square displays that are all pixelated. And you can kind of modularly like create artwork against the wall. Say you're playing a game, you're making a gaming room and you're playing games and there's different colors on the screen. Well, these lights will actually match the color that is on your screen. So you could be playing or watching a movie, and if there's a sunset, you're going to see a sunset on the lights. And so those, you can even take an image, like a photo, and have that displayed in all these different kind of pixelated colors on these displays. It's really hard to explain, but if you watch that video, because they had a huge display of this, absolutely amazing, Shane. My entire studio, I told the, the Twinkly company, I'm like, I'm already use your lights in my studio. But once we do this, everything is going to change uh, once I can get those uh, as a reviewing unit. Ten seconds, I need the robot lawnmower. A modular robot lawnmower. So not only does it cut your lawn, it's a weed whacker, it's a leaf blower, and it can spread fertilizer. A company, it's called uh, Heisenberg Robotics, has made it. And this lawnmower, it, it hasn't come to market yet, but they call it the Lawnmeister, which is a pretty good name for a robot lawnmower. All right, I'm going to share a couple of these off to shiftheads.ca. You can also link up to handyandymedia.com and follow his YouTube videos and more. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks, Shane. This is the Shift Podcast. Crash versus accident. It's really just lazy language. Nobody really means it, but this is what we say. There's a car accident. It's just habit. When... Of course it was an accident, but at the same time, somebody got in that vehicle and drove that vehicle today. That wasn't an accident. It goes both ways, right? I think we do better when we call it a car crash. Now, why car crashes? It would be very easy for us to have this conversation before Christmas and all those things before New Year's to talk about drinking and driving. We don't talk about it after those seasonal events as well. And that's why we're doing this now here on The Shift to get into exactly that. Um, Mad Canada is an organization that is, you know, for how it started as so small, Steve, it has grown into uh, so much more and such an incredible um, incredibly important piece of everything that that is anti-drinking and driving, responsible living, you know, all of this stuff. Steve Sullivan's um, appointed CEO, Mad Canada, in June of last year. So we're six months in, Steve. Um, how does that land with you, crash accident? Yeah, we uh, we tend to use the term crash or, you know, collision. Um, we avoid the word accident. Uh, a lot of the families and, and injured survivors we work with, you know, find that term, I don't know if offensive is the right word, but, you know, they feel that someone made a choice to drive mm -hmm. while impaired and the impairment caused the crash. And so therefore it's not an accident. I mean, obviously those individuals who are involved in, in collisions or crashes don't ever intend to hurt anybody or to kill anybody, but they're still making a choice to drive impaired, whether that's by drugs or alcohol. And we know that those things increase your, your chances of getting into these crashes. So mm -hmm. we, we don't use the word accident. We actually encourage folks to talk about crashes or collisions. Accountability gets kind of skirted with accent right and I, I feel like as a language guy a word guy it's kind of semantics and nuance but at the same time the accountability of accident um it sort of sidesteps what we're talking about of course it was an accident they didn't mean to do it but at the same time it was no accident to get in that car so very important that we do that steve i, I wanted to ask you some questions because there's a law down in the states i believe it was tennessee 
that they're they're putting through. So if I get in the car, hypothetically, of course, please, um, I get in the car, I am drunk. I crash into you and you die. Now, it's very, oh God, it doesn't even feel comfortable saying those things, but it, it, that's the way it works. So let's keep it real, I guess. So now I have gotten in a car, I was drunk, I have been proven to be drunk, and you are dead. In Tennessee, the new law says that I will be responsible for child support for your children because you can't do it. Now, that seems incredibly appealing, but at the same time, I'm not quite sure that family really wants my money. So I find that really psychologically uh, uncomfortable as well. So how does that notion land? Uh, I'll give it points for being creative. Not quite sure I'm comfortable with it. I'm also not anywhere near the expertise to have an opinion on it. So where does that land for Matt? Yeah, it actually, uh, and, and several states have followed suit. I'm not actually sure which was the first state, but it, it actually, as I understand it, uh, came from a grandparent whose daughter or son was killed and, and is now are responsible for raising her grandchild or grandchildren. And it was sort of spearheaded by, by this woman who, um, you know, went to legislatures and said that more needs to be done. And, and you're right. It is an attractive idea. I mean, we do want people to be held accountable for the harm that they've caused. Uh, and I, I can't really speak to the American experience. I mean, every state's different and, mm. and how they do their laws. Um, I mean, there are a couple of caveats with, the, the laws that we've looked at in the various states. So it's it's really ordered by a sentencing judge. So the judge as part of the sentence would order this child support. Having said that, if there's if there's evidence that insurance has already covered that or is covering that or a portion of that, then the, the amount gets reduced in terms of what they would order the offender to pay. If the offender is in prison and can't pay, then well, they, it's that was kind postponed of my thought, until... Right? Yeah, it's like postponed by the time until... I started, I don't mean to interrupt you there, but I mean, if I go to jail, the kid's 13, I'm in jail for five years, the kid's now 18, I'm out of jail. By the way, I owe them five years worth of money, but at the same time, it's not helping, uh, you know, in the day to day. I mean, it, it, there are elements of it that just don't work. Yeah, and, it, and it's complicated. I, and, and the other thing you, that we think about, and, and, and I wouldn't blame this family for not thinking about is, you know, it might be in an, an individual who has their own children to pay for support for, right? And so do you want to, you know, you're, you're, you're taking from one child to pay for another. And so it, it is complicated. I think from a Canadian perspective, and we have different insurance laws in every province and territory, right? I mean, in some provinces, you can sue for more than what insurance would give. Other provinces, it's government run. So whatever the amount is, that's all you get. Um, I'm more comfortable with an insurance system that that properly compensates people for their loss. And because with that system, we know people are actually going to get what they're owed. If you, if we leave it up to an individual, some individuals may have resources. Many individuals would not, as you mentioned, especially after you've just been done three or four or five years in prison. Right? Mm-hmm. You're you probably don't have a job when you come out all those things. And so um, I'm more comfortable with an insurance system that compensates people as opposed to relying on individuals who may or may not do that. Because what we care the most about is that families and injured survivors get the compensation they need. And it's, I think, a much more reliable system to do that through insurance. Not to say insurance perfect and that everybody gets everything that's yeah. met, but we at least know that there is something coming down the road. My gut also struggles. Insurance companies' job um they provide this false sense of security that they're going to take care of us when um, they literally try to find any hole they can to skirt an insurance payment if they can. So I, I, it's not a safety net that makes me comfortable at the same time. My understanding is it's already built in, right? I mean, like insurance premiums go up if you have a history of drinking or suspensions and, and all of those things. So it should already be built into the system. Is that safe to say? Yeah, and and I think you're right. I mean, we we all you know we have to have insurance to drive vehicles. Doesn't mean that people don't do it without insurance, but there's those things are covered too in most provinces. And and the other thing is, I mean, you're right. Insurance companies, they're you know certainly in some provinces are are for profit, and so they look to minimize their payments. And so if if a judge were to order driver X to pay a certain amount for child support, well, then the insurance company would say, well, we don't have to pay that much because we're not going to, people aren't going to get double payment. So I don't know that even if it was in place in Canada, that people would see more money than they would already see now. Um, 
you know, and and so I I, I agree with you. Insurance is is far from perfect uh, in every jurisdiction, but it's I think I think it's better than the alternative. Again, I can't speak to the American system. I'm not sure, you know, if yeah. they need this law more than we do. But I I just think there's a lot of questions for us on how it would work in a practical sense. It's it's an inspiring notion, though, to think that there could be that kind of accountability that if I killed the father of children, then those children are now my responsibility. That part as a notion, I think, is dynamite. The um, the catch to me, though, is I f sort of think of it as FU money. And um, I'm not quite sure if the roles were reversed that I would be happy. I'm thinking like going to the grocery store with a, a, a wad of a $500 child support payment in my hand, I'm not sure that I would feel great every time I go buy groceries knowing that here's my constant reminder that this person has been taken from me and this is the the criminal's money and all of that. Like to me, that feels really stinky. Yeah, and I think you'd probably find different families and individuals feel differently about that. Yeah, this woman in the, in the US felt um, it was important. Um, I mean, the other thing about our our sentencing, we do in our criminal code allow judges to impose as part of a sentence what's called restitution. So judges can say to an offender, you know, you've been convicted of stealing uh, Shane's TV, uh, you destroyed it, so as part of your sentence, you got to give him the five hundred dollars that he paid for his TV. Mm -hmm. So that's in our criminal code. It's generally used for lower property type offenses. Judges are quite hesitant to use it for larger amounts like pain and suffering, and they probably wouldn't use it for offense, you know, these kinds of offenses where insurance exists. So I'm hesitant that even if we had a law like that, how much judges in our system would actually use it, understanding there's this other imperfect safety net that exists. Steve Sullivan, CEO of Mad Canada. Um, what is Mad Canada up to these days? Aside from your, well, by the way, you know, um, your terrible choice in hockey teams, I have to say. Just... <laughs> uh, He's our, a Senators um, fan. It's uh, you know, it's it's not an easy thing being an Ottawa Senators fan. It's, uh, <laughs> it might get it's, better. Uh, it's looking up a little bit of PTSD. yeah. It is getting better. It is getting better. But just they give us a little bit of hope and then they just take yeah. it away. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, a, lo a big part of what we do, we just come out of the holiday season, is the awareness. You know, we do a lot of uh, of work with law enforcement in different communities. A lot of our volunteers are doing the sobriety checks, and so you know, a lot of it has been about raising awareness about, you know, getting rides home and planning ahead. Um, and, and like, as you mentioned, though, that's a conversation we need to have, not just around the holidays, but we need to have it this month and next month and in the summer months. It's really important. So it's a big part of what we always do. Well, um, you know, we're always trying to get provinces to strengthen their laws, trying to get the federal government to, to make the changes that hopefully would prevent impaired driving crashes. You know, it's one thing to have, as we talked about, accountability for someone after. But if we can prevent those things um, you know, from happening in the first place, that's much better. And then a, a huge part of what what we do, what what is sort of my passion in, in joining Mad Canada was supporting victims and survivors of impaired driving. So that's people who've lost their loved ones, but also people who've suffered you know, significant life-altering injuries that um, they'll live with for for the rest of their lives. And so um, we provide support to those folks who often don't get the same kind of recognition in our justice system that other victims of violent crime do. Steve, what's our takeaway that we need everyone? I mean, we've got this microphone all across Canada, all of these cities. We've heard this message over and over again. Most people um, take this message to heart. Some people still don't. And some of us make mistakes. How do we take this conversation of responsibility and sprinkle in a, a dash of integrity? How do we take this conversation today and what do we take with us to remember as we, we think about uh, going out drinking all those things from Mad Canada? Yeah, and look, we, we certainly, and especially in the times we're living in, understanding the last couple of years that people want to get out and, and be with their friends and their families and mm. celebrate. And, and we That's a really good point, right? There's a whole new inspiration to get yeah. out of the house. Absolutely. And and we encourage folks to do that. Whatever, however you celebrate and whoever you celebrate with, uh, it's important. But we also want you to do it responsibly, not just for your own protection and for your protection of your friends and your family, but for everybody else in the road. I mean, I, on a daily basis, speak with, with people who've lost their children. Um people who've lost their partners, their siblings, their parents, their best friends. Uh, and, and that's a grief that that we've all lost people and we know what that's like. But when it's because of the decision of somebody else, the, the irresponsible, 
and completely unavoidable and preventable decision, it really does add another layer of, of grief for folks. Um, the people that we work with who've suffered the injuries, you know, we often talk about the losses, but the injury, only people who've lost their limbs, people who have significant brain injuries, who will never work again, whose families have now become caregivers. Um, the, the impact on these folks is tremendous. Also, the impact on families whose loved one drove impaired and was killed. Yeah. Right. Well, we I don't mean, talk about that often, right? We don't. And they're dealing with the loss, but also the guilt and the shame um, that comes with that. You know, people talk about, well, you know, he was driving impaired, that kind of thing. Other people at the party um, that, that saw Bob yep. go grab his keys and go when they know they should have said something. I mean, that ripple effect is huge. And you can't diminish the experience of those people, too, and what they go through after the fact. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And they suffer. They suffer tremendously. And 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 even if people drive impaired and don't get into a crash, which is what we obviously want to happen. And they get pulled over by law enforcement. I mean, you're looking at potentially significant impacts. You could lose your license. You could lose, have your car impounded, depending on job. where you are. Yep. You lose your job. You get a criminal record. You can't travel. You, I mean, there's a whole range. Your insurance rates skyrocket when you do get your license back. There's a whole range of things. And the question I just would ask people to ask themselves, and you're right, most people make the right decisions, and it's not even part of their equation, is, is it worth it? Is that beer or another glass of whatever you're drinking wine worth it when you could just depending on where you are call an uber uh, pick up public transportation get a ride home with somebody stay over i mean there's so many options we have these days and there's really no excuses so our main message to people is just plan ahead if you're gonna go out and have fun go have fun but just plan ahead it really brings attention to all the people that do make the the right decision who are also at the party but we're afraid to have the conversation um, important, important matter. Uh, yeah. Steve Sullivan is with uh, Mad Canada CEO. Uh, thanks for being here. Sorry about your hockey team. <laughs> no problem. Next year we'll come back and next have year. a different conversation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's always next year for us. Appreciate your time, bud. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you, are you are you okay 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 are you okay with some fun little stories we would love to get your thoughts on 877-399-9898 you can use that for um all access to calls and texts we would love to hear from you and if you make us a contact in your phone you can one touch dial us and one touch text us cool huh are you okay with Zellers. Oh, take me back. Take me back to when you could shop at Zellers. It's pretty much the only place I had clothing from up until I was like 13 years old. And they always had the best Lego there. Always. As a kid, if you if mom finally caved in after months of me begging for Lego and we were going to buy a Lego, I would always ask for Zellers first because they always had the best stuff. It was just a fun department store, man. I loved that place. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Uh, Zeller's was awesome. Yeah. I'd kind of miss Zeller's. There was, you know, there wasn't a lot going on at Zeller's, right? But there was some magic there. Yeah, it didn't this... need to have too much going on. It was just fine as it was, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I, Zellers. Zellers, when I was in Fort McMurray, had the winter boots. So that was your, mm -hmm. that was your place, you know? So I always appreciated that one. And um, Zeller's... Uh, we've talked about this before here on the shift. And if you didn't hear it, it was the speculation that Zellers was coming back. Zellers is owned by the Bay. And if you go to Zellers.com, they now have a hook that says early 2023, we're back. The Zellers logo will be used in micro pop-up stores inside of the Bay, which is a big trend, by the way. These little stores inside stores now because these big companies own everything. If you saw the list of some of the clothing stores in the malls that I'm exaggerating for emphasis here, but there's like four tenants in the mall and they own all the stores. Those, old, yeah, pretty those much, four tenants, honestly. those four companies, right? So if you need a refresher, whatever happened to Zeller's back in the day, great place for a burger, uh, here is what ended up of Canada's discount chain. 
Well, the history behind Zellers is fascinating. And so what happened is Zellers was kind of a booming discount retailer for a long time. And then uh, what happened is they ultimately went out of business, but those leases were still held on to and were sold to Target. And so Target bought all of those leases. They expanded across the country very quickly. And uh, some might say too quickly when they were then forced to shut down. And then Zellers never really came back. But now the Bay is trying to revive that as nostalgia for these older brands is at an all-time high. Okay. Now, nostalgia helps. That, by the way, is Brett Chang. He's co-host of the Peak Daily Podcast, which is awesome. Global's Ann Gaviola is on there as well, diving into the brand's fascinating history and looking up uh, what is coming next for it. Now, what do you think? Um, what do you think the Bay is trying to do? Capitalize? I mean, it wasn't... Zeller's was awesome, but it's not like it was mega high quality. It serviced most people. So Brad Chang talks about what he thinks they're trying to accomplish. One, HBC is looking to diversify their spaces. Right now, they've got this incredible retail footprint. You have to think that they've got some of the most prime real estate across the country. And they're thinking through, well, how do we put more stuff in there? They just did a deal with MEC. They've done deals now with uh, smaller boutique retailers like Pusateri's and the Drake General Store in Toronto, and they're looking to maximize that space. And so for them, what they see this as is an opportunity to bring some of that discount retailer uh, product offerings into their own already established real estate footprint. So it, it could be a really interesting opportunity. I think the challenge for HBC, and this is a challenge that they've had for uh, a few years now, is that they've simply just been adding more and more stores within the Bay. And so you've got Saks now, you've got these boutique retailers, you had clothing lines like Topshop and Topman. And so at some point, they really do need to kind of narrow in on what their actual product offering is. Now, the interesting part of all this, of course, if you go to the webpage at Zellers.com, it's pretty empty, but there is this big text that says BRB. Be right back. We're stocking up. Uh, it does confirm early 2023 on there as well. But the Top Shop and Top Man here in Calgary, they had it at the Bay at Chinook Mall. That's now gone. That didn't work out. They've closed it. They've just filled it up with more Bay stuff. And Ryan was uh, doing his research. He found out that the Zellers prototype in Burlington uh, at the base store, they were working on some of the prototypes of what a Zellers could look like inside a bay there. 877-399-9898. Is there anything that you miss about Zellers or your favorite nostalgia store that you'd like to bring back? One text comes in and says, um, just bring back the restaurant. Best homemade yep. potato chips. Pretty good. They were top tier. They were top tier. And nobody else had the restaurant. McDonald's, you know, was in Walmart. And Zellers had the restaurant, which just looked yep. like the most like 1980s stools? decision. Stools, yeah, it was just there. It was, it was, it was great. And it's worth noting, by the way, Top Man and Top and Top Shop that was yeah. sold to a Chinese company that yeah. now sells that brand online only. And okay. now the Bay has kind of replaced Top Shop with a brand called Mango. And Mango has taken over the space in Chinook Mall in Calgary. And that's now their new kind of European, interesting fashion forward brand. So they're mm -hmm. constantly adjusting what is inside their stores. And there is a very real chance that Zellers, they try it for a year and it just goes the way of Target one more time. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, it's not a guarantee that this will work. Although I imagine within the first couple of months of them starting this, Everybody from people who are nostalgic for it to millennials to people who just want cheap clothing at a good price are going to try it. I, um, you got me curious about restaurants too, because before, before Zeller's restaurant, Woodward's had a restaurant and it was very similar oh, to the Zeller's one. Yeah. Woodward's did. Oh. And it had, it had the stools that were mounted into the ground. I remember the one in Port Alberni most affectionately where you would go and you would, you know, sit there and. And uh, it was down in the basement of the store. And before that would have been Wolko's restaurant, main they floor walk-in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh. Yeah, he did. It smelled like rubber boots in there, but, boy, they had good food. Mm. So, you know, that used to be this, this important part of the shopping experience, which... You know, what do you miss about those old stores? For me, it's the escalators. I miss the escalators. 877-399-9898. We'll see. Um, low prices, maybe discount stuff. Maybe that'll be the discount arm of the bay in the bay, I yep. think. Now, you'll correct me because you know more about this than I do, but does the bay still own winners? 
Uh, oh, I, I actually don't know off the top of my head. Uh, I thought winners that, that they, winners and home sense. Yeah. No, I think, TJ, TJX companies. Is that the beta? Yeah. Yeah. The bay doesn't have them. No, you know, because they you don't see, yeah. Winners has different pricing and, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. TJX different. Got that wrong. Way to go. Yeah. Um, headquarters, Mississauga and then down in the States. Um, so I'll double check. Yeah, Home Sense is attached to that one. Okay, are you okay with disguises? Ooh. Disguises, I uh, yeah, they're they're you know they're necessary. I always thought I'll never forget the first time I watched uh, Mission Impossible and they had the fake face, you know, the perfectly fake face. That's so cool. Uh, and some of the makeup that people do in the new Nicolas Cage movie, Unbearable Weight of Massive mm. Talent. There's a great sequence of Nicolas Cage getting disguised as an Italian gangster, and it's hilarious. So the art of disguise is pretty cool, uh, but I feel like in the real-world practice, it never goes like how it goes in the movies. So mm. that's a little disappointing, but probably for the best. Okay. I think uh, a good disguise is important, although if you need a disguise, probably worth reevaluating where you're at in yes. life. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying. Kind of goes without saying. Yeah, sorry. Uh, every good spy needs one. Sometimes yes. criminals also go for a disguise. Not always effective. I always wonder in the movies, the plastic ones they put on their face and then they go rob a bank. Like, how can you see? Really? Ooh, like in the town. Like, I'm going to be a president. Yep. Look at me. I'm robbing the bank. I don't know. That's not very good. Yeah, we, neither of us did a good Nixon. We did. We, we tried. Just, <laughs> we did try. You know, A for effort. Um, E for effort. Maybe F for that effort. So criminals trying to rob things with disguises and thanks to this little story we have a contender for the best headline of 2023 and we are only 10 days in in tulsa police arrested a suspect who is a porch pirate who tried to disguise himself by wearing a pair of women's panties over his face uh panties yeah as a mask yeah now if it was a g-string it's really funny (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't i'm sorry very close to one though um i'm assuming there's some see-through happening so you can see i don't know like how this works but did it work to cover up and disguise the criminal no in fact it did not this man spencer Golier, was arrested after police responded to a porch pirate incident in west tulsa police were provided these surveillance images in which shows Golier was allegedly stealing a package and wearing what appears to be women's underwear as a mask. Gives a whole new meaning to the phrase panty raid. Officers tracked Goulier to his residence near Admiral and South Rosedale Avenue and arrested him. He faces multiple counts of larceny and lots of attention on social media. I find it funny that he said he faces. He faces and the panty raid joke. So good. good. Well done. That's from Fox 23, by the way. According to the Popo, they went to the suspect's home west of downtown Tulsa, knocked on the door, and saw the suspect, Spencer Gowler. Gowler? Googler? Goulier? There's no I in there. It's not Goulier. Yeah, I think the G is an I. But there's no <laughs> E-A. Goulier? Goulier? How did... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Goulier. Can't be Goulier. There's no E in the A. That can't be. Did he say it in the thing? We that? Now I'm second guessing myself. I didn't, well, Leo's I didn't uh, Leo's Leo. busy, so he can't check. He's doing something. Um, anyway, uh, this guy answers the door, uh, Mr. Spencer, and Mr. G. He did not want to talk to officers. Maybe he thought his cover still wasn't blown. But a search warrant for the home was obtained and signed. And after the warrant was signed, um, Mr. G. decided to exit um, the home probably a good call there there's a lot there there's a lot to be had there it's january 10th and this is the caliber of are you okay i'm already getting to put together i am i don't have any idea what's going to kind of come out of florida this year but i'm I'm excited for it what do you do without criminals who use women's underwear to rob things oh god we'd have no shift 
really. No, we really wouldn't. Okay, let's take this next story completely out of context and start here. There it is. Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday play. Everybody strap in. About to open some freaking windows. <laughs> monkey fighting. You're more excited about the bleeps on that than you are anything else. Okay, well, yeah. So if you don't know what that is, that's 2006 cult classic Snakes on a Plane, where Samuel L. Jackson, as one of his best lines ever, swears a lot about having snakes on a plane. And that was a TV dub to edit out the F words. And it's way funnier than a bleep. They just ch- and draws so much attention to it. So instead of, you know, the bad words, yeah. Monday mm-hmm. to Friday plane, monkey fighting snakes. That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good so stuff. Good. I love it. Okay, this is where we go. Are you okay with snakes on a plane? Yeah, I, you know, I never saw it. Well, okay, so 2006, how old was I? I was uh, just about like nine or, yeah, nine or 10. And obviously, I couldn't see this movie when it came out. And then I watched it. I'll never forget. I was probably in grade 10 or 11. My, we were on vacation in Kelowna. My dad put it on the TV and my brother and my mom were all watching it. And even then, I was like, this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. And I loved every single second of it. And mm. I watched it about a year ago as an adult. And it is so bad. But God, oh my, it's so funny. And it doesn't take itself seriously whatsoever. And that's why it's so enjoyable. And yeah, Samuel L. Jackson is the reason why it all works. Just who put him in this scenario of snakes attacking people on a plane? I mean, it's just, it's perfect. I don't think I've ever seen it, to be honest. Really? Oh, okay. We are, we're doing wing night and snakes on a plane. Like it's really? amazing. Yes. Wow. Totally That's worth amazing. the watch. Okay, yes, cool. Especially for the the bathroom scene. Iconic. Iconic. The bathroom Scene. Okay, yeah. 2006 action movie. Awesome. Lasting effect on many. We regret to inform you that that movie has become a near reality this week in our favorite place, Florida. Okay, now to Snakes on a Plane 2. I don't know how things work in Florida, which from your description sounds like a colorful, lawless swamp. <laughs> okay, so yeah. NBC8 has wait, wait, this report. Sorry. sorry. What? I- I just forgot to add the extra clip thing in there. That's a bit of a typo on my part. Should have been oh, Florida. A... Pause. Florida song. On to Snakes on a Play 2 clip. So I think I heard the button on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. Okay. That's a typo. Okay. So um, I don't know what we're supposed to do next then, Ryan. With the next this... clip. Okay. Play the next yeah. clip. Apparently, security screeners spotted a scaly surprise while scanning a suitcase last month. As a woman's bag made its way through the x-ray machine at Tampa International Airport, they realized it had a four-foot-long boa constrictor inside. This is a look right here at the x-ray. You can see the snake curled up wow. in the upper left-hand corner there. The passenger told officers the boa was her emotional support pet. <laughs> the TSA checked with her airline and confirmed that they don't allow snakes slithering in loose in suitcases. No airlines allow snakes in carry-on luggage, but it turns out a few of them will let you bring one on board if you pack it properly in checked baggage. I don't yeah. know about that. I don't know about that either. <laughs> yeah. there You can bring a snake, a monkey fighting snake on a plane. You can. On a Monday to Friday plane? Yeah, any plane. Saturday okay. or Sunday too. Okay. Um, little tidbit about the movie. 450 snakes were used, including one 22-foot-long Burmese python. This one was a big, ugly, fat snake. Sorry to body shame you, snake. Uh, tucked into a carry-on bag, uh, curled up in a little ball. And they found it on the x-ray, which is also uh, disturbing. 877-399-9898. A couple of missed text messages about Zellers. Um, I miss when the lowest price was the law. At Zellers, which is why I think it could be good timing if they do bring it back with everything and inflation and stuff. It could be a base access point on some cheaper product, which is interesting to see as Zellers is rumored to be back this year as a micro store inside the bay. Hi, Shane and Ryan and Tio Leo. The restaurant at Zellers was named the Skillet, then changed to the name the Zellers Family Restaurant. Congratulations on hitting FM Airways, Tina and Calgary. Thank you very much as we are on FM as well now in Calgary and Banff. 
I miss Toyland and Zeddy. Zeddy the Bear was cute. Um, Veronica in Hamilton, Texas. Hey, Shane. Towers, which was before Zeller's, had an in-house restaurant as well. There you go. What do you miss from the old um, from the old restaurants? 877-399-9898. Um, I picked up a great stainless steel frying pan from Zeller's when it closed down in North Vancouver. It was originally priced at the Bay for the 10 plus, for 10 times the price. Oh, very good. There you go. Deals. We love deals. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.